You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. Whoa! Dramatic got, pause day. Yeah, everybody got into it. All right. Well, it yeah. sucks though because my computer, my internet is like like I don't live in an, in New York City, so you don't mm. you go. Did, did we lose Tom already? Like <laughs> we, I set a record. Seventeen seconds in, I'm gone. I'm actually oh, nervous. No. I can't. I I can't look at texts during this conversation because I'm in a drug motel right now where the Wi-Fi is uh, 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 dubious. Yeah, so, marginal. We'll say right. Why yeah. are you not home? So I don't have a home, right? I mean, you have where your family lives is your home. Yes, I was supposed Patrick, to. Patrick hashtag van life. I was supposed on, to be relax. in Australia. Supposed yes. to be in Australia tomorrow. Ooh. Sorry. Oh, that's such uh, a gut punch, man. Fuck. Australia You'd be on a not, plane right now. Yeah. Australia not allowing that. Uh, very frustrating. And uh, now I could go back to Los Angeles and hang out on a couch there. Uh, but I feel like that's asking a lot mm. for the next five weeks or oh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, that's a long time. Yep. So I went back to my folks' house. I spent like 10 days in LA. Then went back to my folks house and that's pretty frustrating cuz they they just talk in random intervals you know like my father mm, will just mm. wait until he senses that I'm doing something productive and then just start talking to me and about like I own a basketball yeah exactly about <laughs> about like the, the mac tournament um can't wait sienna very disappointed he's very disappointed in sienna the other day what about anyways <sighs> yeah the, sienna's sienna's having a rough year they should be better so they should be better then uh my brother from Los Angeles surprised my parents by showing up with him and his, his two and a half year old. And now two and a half year olds require a lot of attention and they make noises. Oh yeah. yeah. So now I am in a house meant for two retirees with what feels like infinite human beings. And I needed to podcast. So I canceled two. Sorry, everybody. This is uh, Patrick. Patrick's schedule hour. I I canceled two appointments, uh, two uh, interviews. I've been doing a lot of uh, promotional interviews for for Drug Church. Canceled two interviews because there wasn't a moment in a f- a full day went by where I I checked. I was like, will an entire half hour go by without some clatter? <laughs> Right, like a two, a two and a half year old running in with pots and pans, like your mom yeah. asking you, like, can yeah. you like fix the internet or what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So no thirty minutes went by without that. So I said, ah, no, nah, I can't do this. So, uh, so for today, because we had we're going to get a lot done today, I went and took my uh, FanDuel earnings, and Ooh. and uh oh, and, and, and <laughs> I've gotten a drug motel. Oh no, formerly oh, no. the Thruway Inn. Oh, okay. All right. Yo, uh, while we're talking about sponsors like FanDuel and the Thruway Inn, let's talk about our other sponsors. Big shout and thank you to To Live a Lie. Oh, 
Uh, let me go. Hold on. Oh, uh, big shout out to that peace test record selling quick. Big shout out to Run for Cover Records. <laughs> big shout out to the Anxious Little Green Home uh, record, which is blown away. Little Green House, actually. Uh, but today, today we are talking about Death Wish Inc. and closed casket activities, book, guys. Book, 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 book. Guys, let's start with Death Wish Inc. Uh, look, you should be hearing this on either February eighth. Or after, Deathwish at deathwishing.com is having a vinyl blowout sale that ends on February 10th. So, got to move quick. Many people already have. If you haven't, $5 LPs, $2 EPs, damn, damn, damn. A lot of stuff that is still available. A lot of stuff that is sold out. Um, one of us has already made our order. The other two of us got to make an order. Um, let's see. I'm going to order the self-defense family axis split seven inch. It's $2. Not bad. Don't have that. Uh, keep my working on my self-defense. I know. Uh, and you know what? I have a copy of Bitter End Illusions of Dominance LP. Why not get a second? $5? <laughs> I say Boom. that all the time. And, oh, okay. Damn. This one's a really killer record. Uh, Breathing Fire, Years of Lead. This record came out in 2007. I believe Trevor Vaughn from Rival Mob, from Internal, from Wound Man, from Brother, from a million different great projects uh, did this. I love Breathing Fire. I got to see them in Boston with Fucked Up and Punch in the Face on the first Fucked Up uh, US shows. They were awesome. <laughs> um, their demo was great, and I really liked this LP. So... Uh, Damn. And by the way, you can get the Breakdown 87 demo 12 inch, which I think has both demos on it yep. for five bucks. Dirt. What? what? Oh, it's just the 87 demo. Regardless, it's f- worth way more than five bucks. Tom, what did you order while we wait for Patrick to figure out what he's going to order? <clears throat> what I had purchased, um, I bought the Think I Care singles collection on vinyl. Awesome. The LP. The self defense indoor wind chimes uh, backed with cottaging. Seven inch. Mm, mm, good one. Process Black, Countdown Failure, New Tim Singer Band, mm, um, which in one. retrospect, I think I already own that, but now I have two. Um, no Tolerance, You Walk Alone LP, The Mindset, good. Nothing Less, Seven Inch. Good. Hesitation Wounds, Hesitation Wounds, which is uh, Jeremy Bohm and and Tommy from from um, from Gouge Way and yep. Naraj and my friend Scuba Steve from Trap mm. Them. Also, band uh, down but out, down down but not out. They're caught in a cycle, seven inch, and really good. The third cursed LP, th- cursed three architects of troubled sleep. Yo, a lot of good shit. God damn, yeah, All right. there is a lot of good shit. Patrick, what are you getting? Uh, oh well, the best that best Coliseum material in my view is sold out. I see. Uh, let's see. I mean, look, that fucking bitter end record is painfully underrated. I, yeah. I I was listening to Bitter End at the gym after being away for 10 days, not having any physical activity, and I'm putting up personal records with that Bitter End blasting in my ear. I think so, you said being away like you were in jail. I was like, oh, like <laughs> then I, yeah, then, You went away to college, as they say. Yeah, uh, th- yeah exactly. Um, let's see. I don't know. So I would definitely pick that one up. Uh would you buy any self-defense material so you'd own a piece of your own history? No, I don't own any of it. I, I, oh, I'm, yo, buy some for your parents for for presents, and then you can have a little stockpile. 
That's and true. it's cheap. You know what I mean? That's true. This is almost cheaper than giving away wholesale copies, to be honest. Yeah, it's close. It's not. It's close. Uh, oh, you know what? That Hounds of Hate record. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, really good. it's it, it's one of those ones that has been being recommended to me forever. I haven't heard the record in forever. Why not? Cool. So everybody, you got two days uh, from the time you hear this. Go ahead, clean it out. Uh, let's clear out everything they got last left. A lot of stuff is sold out. Uh, deal like this. Tom, you went through, I believe you bought seven records. What was the total cost on that? It was $25 plus shipping. That's wow. Crazy. Wow, wow, wow. com. Click through. Guys, we are going to swing out Route 90 to Close Casket Activities, closecasketactivities.com. Let's double down, triple down on the shine for Age of Apocalypse, their debut LP, Grim Wisdom. Um, this record is the has been the talk of core since it's been out. Um, mm. And I think I see like it's uh, it's traction kind of expanding. Like people that I didn't think would know them or would like um, that style or like that don't really listen to hardcore as much as the rest of us. Um, everyone that's checked it out um, mm-hmm. really liked it. I mean, if you haven't by now. What are you waiting on? Um, it's super catchy. It's heavy. Um, vocals are unlike anything going on in hardcore today. Yeah, no question. That's a, that's um, a good one. Like Vagney vibes, um, mm-hmm. twitching tongues, mm-hmm. um, a lot of like upstate Albany vibes in the music, mm-hmm. even in the vocals too, to a point. Um, if you like twitching tongues, you like this. If you like mind forces music you'll probably like some of this yeah um you know there are a lot of you know both from nuts and valley pulling from the same well um so far i mean this this is the record of the year so far for me um yeah and they have a bunch of cool shit coming up um they're playing um the big takeover thing in in richmond Richmond. they They have some shows coming up at the end of march Mm -hmm. with a band um that we talk about a lot. Um, hopefully those come to fruition and we'll announce them or they'll announce them soon. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think the sky's the limit for them. And I think um, I'm curious, I'm really kind of curious to see, you know, what goes on once like touring is back full bore, like what goes on, like what, you know, what's their first big like metal tour. I'm like curious to see that. Agree with that. I could see them doing a lot of big things. So <clears throat> while you're over there, uh, get the Age of Apocalypse Grim Wisdom record from CloseCasketActivities.com. You might have you might have swung by and heard about this Vein.fm pre-order. Pick, pick that up. Uh, you might have seen that they have a Portrayal of Guilt exclusive on the Christ Fucker, Fucker LP. If you haven't gotten that, get, get that. And from what I understand, there's not much left of that Sansa Sangre reissue, uh, Feast for the New Gods. So... Get over there. I know we've big upped all those things before. Uh, Closed Casket is staying very busy. Uh, get on these things while you can, because I don't know how much longer they'll last. Good. Guys, how we doing? How we feeling? Uh, drug motel. Drug motel. Tom, not a drug motel. Not a drug motel. I mean, wonderful Sunnyside, Woodside, Queens. Pat, I mean, like... You're in Albany. You probably could have gotten like a five star for like seventy five bucks. What do? We, what? Why? Why do you go the the road most restrictive? 
You know, here's the thing. If I was with my girlfriend, she would insist on a place that doesn't have like the depression carpet and the, uh, oh, so she would yeah. insist you were in a, like an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Or the frames here. Uh, so right. and un, un, like a stain that you can't really determine oh, what it's Tom, from. Tom fucking the stains. Are you kidding? The stains are unreal. Blood. <laughs> well, here's the, I see. Yeah. So I think that, I think that SUNY puts students in this one. I, I don't wow. understand. It's it's fucking gross, uh, but it wouldn't take much. Yeah, look, you don't want to do somebody else's finances for them, but it's like we always talk about. If you have one job and you can't get that one fucking job done, so for example, if you're like make pizzas and you make bad pizza, it's really crazy. It's like a weird phenomenon. Right. Like, do you just need a clean hotel? Like, go to the supermarket. Yes. Rent the fucking rug cleaner that they yes. just rent at the supermarket. Come back, fucking take a, take one, you know, go through the hundred rooms, whatever you got, and then, you know, what yeah, about just, the Wolf Road Marriott? You couldn't stay there. I could have stayed bro. there. Come I just on, needed man. the That's action. Nice. I needed some excitement. Um, Pat needs a story. He can't just go like. Well, I went to a nice place that had a gym and a and a, and a jacuzzi tub. So, <laughs> so here's my question, Patrick: Have you uh, are you conscious of your limitations on FanDuel? Oh, I mean. Look, this is not the Patrick Kinlan uh, uh, therapy hour, but I spend so much of the year within proximity one foot of other human beings, one foot, that my downtime, I need to be time where I'm not one foot away from other human beings. Mm -hmm. And right now I don't got that. Yeah. And it's... You know, like I threatened to stab my father yesterday. It, it, mm-hmm. It's my brother and I got in a shouting match over whether it was okay to use motherfucker in front of a two year old. And uh, <laughs> what was his which which side yeah, was right, he on that? Yeah. Right? <laughs> he thinks that two year olds are sponges that pick up whatever they hear. He's right. Uh, I argued if that was true, then Bitcoin is up three percent, which my father says every three hours. <laughs> would <laughs> that child would be saying that, and that child has not said that. Therefore. Okay. My my theory stands uh, the the scrutiny of science, whereas uh, theirs does not. I mean, motherfucker is fun to say though; it rolls off. That's the their argument. Their argument is it's like fun they to puppet say. stuff that's like fun to say or like sing songy. Like then I, I, that kid's gonna drop an MF bomb in front of your mom, in front of Rusty, and she's gonna slap the shit out of you. Hey, listen, that's true. That's true. It, I also think that kids need to say motherfucker. It helps them in the streets. Uh, it gives you a certain edge. So, so that question being, have you have you lost your savings on FanDuel yet? No, I was just I. So, okay, this is gonna be fucking arcane for half our listeners who don't have an interest in sports betting. Which, to be totally frank, I don't have an interest in sports betting, particularly because I saw that <laughs> the favorite wins in. I wouldn't bet on horses, regardless, because it's cruel. But the 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 favorite wins in in horse racing thirty percent of the time. And basketball, which is considered one of the more efficient ways of gambling. Yes, especially it, college. Is in the NBA is 48% of the time the favorite wins. So this is all to say that means it's a coin flip, a literal coin flip, because the margin of error is built into that. So you would be right yep. half the time. Yep. So if it was any more than that, they wouldn't do it. That's exactly right. Yep. But – it is 
I was so shocked by this that I decided to see if it was true. So I just took $250 out of a PayPal and put it into uh, the online gambling of whatever, whatever the sports book gambling and I uh, have met with resounding success instead, which I did not, I did not anticipate it all come crashing down. You know what I mean? But it's a, uh, I was shocked at so far in the last three days, the favorite has overwhelmingly won. All right, I got a question. Yes. For, for my two bookies over here. Mm. Yes. I've never bet on, on anything. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Like I bet like, you know, like a Super Bowl box, like something bullshit. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah. So I never like when I watch like like the like decrepit gamblers that are just like <laughs> you know bet the lines like you know oh you got them by seven and a half I had them by seven and eight like whatever the fuck mm-hmm. I listen to it and I go I don't totally know what they're talking about so like say the fucking you know number one seated you know the number one team in America for basketball like the whoever's I don't even know who's, who's good now Gonzaga. Yeah, Gonzaga's right up near the top. Right. So, like, Gonzaga's playing some, you know, one of their conference teams that doesn't stand a chance. WCC, if I put yep. money down on Gonzaga, mm-hmm. will I win money back or will I at most break even? No. So, yeah. it, so the way that, Tom, uh, the way that these odds are represented to you will be in a plus and a minus. Right. Uh, and what it is is the amount, the, the amount that you would have to put down to make $100 – Yes. Versus the amount that you would make if you put down a hundred dollars. So depending on if it's the favorite or not. So, so that's to say if it's, if it's a, if the number's 3000, like let's say that the odds are that extreme, right? Yep. That Gonzaga, you would have to put down 3000 us dollars to make one hundred dollars. So so you'd pay 3000 to make. 3,100. Yes. Right. right. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's the way those like plus 700 plus 250 minus 130, that kind of stuff. Those, those are representative. So if it's I, like, I get the spreads, I get that yeah. to like, Oh, they're getting four and a half. That means yeah, like points. If yeah, that totally makes sense to me. But the like, the they're negative plus minus. Yeah. The yeah, negative, no you, idea. You, the plus means you're, you're picking a favorite. The minus means you're getting odds. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, all right. Um, Gonzaga's I'm sorry, everybody. And then we'll talk about hardcore. And yeah. So like Gonzaga's playing fucking St. Mary, whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. Santa Clara, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. So if I, they're in St. Mary's is negative 300. Mm-hmm. So does that mean f- for every hundred dollars, I'll win 300. So let me give you a real life example. Okay. Yeah. So, so right now, uh, Virginia and Duke. Oh, uh, good one. UVA. Duke, Duke is minus 900. So that means that if you wager $100, you will make $11. Now, flip it and what's UVA? So, Virginia. hold on. And then if you do UVA and you put in $100, you will make $590. Not a bad bet. I might take that. Duke's Duke's kind of been up and down. AJ Griffin's been good. Benchero's like keeps up and down, but you know, <laughs> I might take UVA in that one. But they haven't been their best this year either. So, shout uh, out to the true college basketball fans who can really go in on this. I'm just fucking around. Yeah, and if you are these people, oh god, the the Houston and Cincinnati odds are pretty insane. Like right now, let's see, <laughs> let's see what's going on here. Um, 
Yeah, okay. So if you put $100 on Houston, you'd make $2. Hmm. That that that's how much of a favorite, okay? Versus Cincinnati, if you put in $100, you would make 1300. Does that track for you, Tom? Yeah, it kind of makes sense. And then like I listen to them now, like now that it's it's legal in New York. Yeah. Oh, it's big. But like it'll be like are you watching a game and you know like someone's at the free throw line and they're going to hit it? Sign in your app. I'm like, oh my god, I would lose my fucking mind that everything <laughs> yeah, yeah, is up yeah. for a bet. Like it used to be like, oh, Super Bowl like prop bet, like you know, wh- how long is the fucking national anthem going to be or whatever? But like, yeah. this is like, do you think Seth Curry is going to make these next two free throws? Like, oh, ninety percent chance, yes. In game betting is so crazy. Um, I've definitely lost money doing that. I've. I was at a Jets Bills game. It was their home opener, maybe 2019, I guess. Uh, at the home opener, at you know, whatever Meadowlands, MetLife. Um, Jets were up at halftime, but it was the Jets, and it felt like that. Nobody felt good. No, of course like, not. Why would you? Yo, you know what? I'm gonna hammer the the Bills. All the odds in game betting, all the because that shifts through the game. Live betting is amazing. So like, Bills were getting a ton. Yo, I was hammering it. I put like hundred bucks, and then I was like, "Oh man, this number's staying." But I can feel the momentum swinging. I was able to squeeze in another couple hundred. I made a lot of money that day. Um, I subsequently lost it all, but that's okay. <laughs> Here's that the was thing: a good day. What this, if that number is true, the forty-eight percent thing, you're only ever going to have runs. You're never going to actually win-win. So, like, I should just take my hotel money stay in a hotel for the rest of the week or whatever the first half of next week, I guess I don't have that much money and fucking uh, just call it a day. Yeah. It's always the smart thing. I mean, you know, so as a child uh, I was allowed to play cards with my, my father and some of his family sometimes until I was a child. So I'd be up, I'd have won a hand or two. I'd be like, okay, I'm done. And that's just not, you can't do that. You can't like, Cool, I won a bunch of money. All right, leaving. Like that's no, you, you play no. to the end. Um and uh and that was but but I was a child and, and when they realized that I was no longer allowed to play. <laughs> but yeah. So uh what are we betting on uh, what are we betting on this uh March Madness? Mosh Madness. <laughs> uh, that's an interesting one, man. Like uh like play the music, PK. Uh, so Here's the thing. I think that people could basketball. I think people could actually predict one of one of today's matchups with certainty. Okay. Interesting. I'm but, not gonna I'm not gonna speculate. You can get to it when we get there. Yeah. I, but I also just, remember this one goes to votes with the people. So it's not us. Oh okay. we'll we'll make our picks, which is good. Right, right. Then, okay. Then well people, and people but, can predict our picks with certainty then. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, you know it'd be so, pretty funny hmm. if well, there's no way of doing it, I guess. Next time, mm. we we put out the brackets, and whoever submits like a perfect bracket to us, mm. we'll, we'll give you something. You know what? I like that idea. I then worry that people won't do the exercise of listening. Like, there's going to be people sure. who don't listen this way, but that's okay. We encourage everybody to listen. But I'm worried that somebody would just, and there'd be somebody who figures out how to like K-pop this thing. 
and uh and like swing the vote you know like right like have nine burner person. accounts to like put like yeah <laughs> and then you're like who the fuck voted for fucking yeah, yeah. sod whatever, yeah 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 um so yo uh shout out to everybody 80s mosh madness uh welcome to the very first actual uh edition we did the bubble got some cool feedback uh got hit up by a battalion of saints diehard um who there's, uh, there's one well, there was one, and I think there might be more. Oh, but, there definitely uh, is. But that was cool. Shout out, Dave. Um, the uh, the way this works, <clears throat> we're going to discuss these records. We've already shared the link on our Instagram. I'm going to share it out on our Twitter as well before this episode's aired. Um, if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to the records first, go for it or listen after. Make your decisions. Uh, you'll hear us give our opinions, our feelings on these records. We're going to place our votes. But we don't decide. You do. Voting will take place on Twitter and Instagram through the week. It is Tuesday. I will keep it open until, let's see, maybe Sunday night. Yeah, that works. Sunday night. So you get a you get a good amount of time from today until basically the end of the week. We'll promote it. We'll try to get you to listen to them and, and give your feelings. And then next time we... You know, we'll we'll do. We did some wrap up episodes. I'd like to try to do that again. We did those on YouTube. I would love to figure out how to do that. I think we could record a Zoom call and do that, and that'd be kind of fun. Sure. So uh, let's let's talk about that off air. Um, today's matchups: Bold Speak Out up against Crucifix Dehumanization and Rites of Spring, self-titled. But I don't. Versus negative effects, also self-titled. The eponymous bracket, we'll say. Tom, which matchup should we start with? Let's start in the order you said them. Let's go dehuman. Like we'll go crucifix and bold versus, versus bold. Okay. All right. Um, speaking largely, um, one of these bands I heard when I was. 15 in love the other i didn't hear till significantly later but really enjoyed and appreciated yep um yeah i i found it to be interesting i man i i was i'm at a weird weird crossroad with this matchup um okay good i feel like tom might be in the same place tom there's a part of me that loves bold speak out and uh i attribute that to a certain level of personal importance and having been exposed to it super young same okay and it doesn't there's definitely a nostalgia factor like to me yes i mean i don't know how far we want to get into it immediately oh, please like i like looking out better looking back better looking back speak out if i Yo, choose yeah between the two bold like albums looking back is the bold self-titled seven inch plus some additional tracks recorded at that time so it was released kind of as this like posthumous lp yeah yeah um between the two the second bold record which also is the addition of tom capone to the band and they're 19 not like 17 ish you know right. it's shredding you can hear you can hear a pretty yeah. big difference obviously capone's there uh, the drums are a little uh, more in line with everything. We'll say, uh, I, I for a long time, I am a bold seven inch dude, right? I am bold looking back, dude. But I also have a pretty hard resonance with Speak Out because of my oh, yeah. youthful, like, yo, know, when you're 15 and you hear those songs, they really mean they they kind of 
hit different, as they would say. But yeah, when I listen to the X, you're like, I'm in. Yeah. And, and like, I just, there's, I'll talk about more. Crucifix, I didn't hear till later, partly yeah. because, yo, the way Crucifix dehumanization, t- Patrick, jump in here, that presents full on, this is punk punk, right? Like presentation wise? Presentation wise. Musically, yeah. I, musically I, I, I still it's think hardcore. It's, yeah, it's still squarely hardcore to me. Squarely hardcore. Like, like you know, there's. There's a couple elements that are essentially like, um, what's it? Uh, garnish. I was thinking of like when you spray, put a mint leaf on ice cream. It's garnish that's full on anarcho punk, but the music is is as as a, a friend of the podcast Jeff D'Agostino said, West Coast AF. Um, yeah, we've we've said that too. So I'm torn. I, I have strong feelings both ways. I want to talk about both records. Tom, sounds like you're in a similar place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like, yeah. I mean, we, do you want my like my my statement first, and then we can go over the <laughs> yeah, record? Yeah, statement. yeah. And then we're gonna swing to Patrick after that. So all right. So if in terms of like a better record, like demonstratively, like a better record, Crucifix is a better record. Interesting. But again. I wasn't hearing Crucifix when I was 17 because where would I have found that? It didn't really exist. And it looked like mad punk and, you know. Yeah. But I think I'd almost be like a poser if I was like, hmm, Crucifix dehumanization over, you know, like I, if I, if I added up the amount of times I listen to fucking speak out as compared to the amount of times I listen to Crucifix. And, yeah. Um, it's it, tough. Speak it's, out. It's like a hundred to one. There's, so th- there's a lot going on here because there's there's a bit of a recency bias in that, oh, well, Crucifix is like at least new to my ears enough that I uh, – yeah, I like th- this is going to happen on this on – d- d- Correct. This, this is going to be part of the activity, I think, yeah. It is because there's going to be records that are part of my DNA Yep. that I would say, you know what though? Nice to hear something, something I haven't heard in 20 years or haven't heard at all. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> – uh, this is going to happen, um, but I understand where you're coming from. That can you, Thomas, yeah. say that that it's you can't even make sense of it. Which one's better? That doesn't even make sense, right? But you oh. you would have to say that that bold record is formative, yeah, and the other record is not, right? Right. But but if you think about all the stuff that we grew up listening to. Like if you ask like people like oh who is your you know like your vocal kind of um guy, like idol or whatever or influence so many people mention the singer from Crucifix like Chaka yeah. mentions the singer from Crucifix like yeah. in the first two it's like John Brandon and the singer from Crucifix for like almost every one of those like mid 80 mid to late 80s hardcore bands from new york yes and like the recording is like this 1983 like really it was like really oh. early yeah af was like oh this is pretty cool i like the way this sounds <laughs> yeah i feel like some of it sounds almost like the chrome magazine recording style mm-hmm. and i think you know um i think this i feel like this must have been out of print maybe i'm wrong it was it was so so we should we'll, I won't dive into it but I'll, I'll say it yeah, please just to 
It was released on Corpus Christi Records, which is a subsidiary of like an offshoot of Crass Records. So I think this got out there. However, it wasn't like, hey, where everybody knows where this is. You know what I mean? It wasn't like this is just everywhere you want to be. And and I mean, like, I think it's super fair and honest to say as post, you know, like post late 80s <laughs> hardcore folk. This looks like a crust record more than it yep. looks like a mosh record because right. You know, this looks like this is next to the conflict record in like the punk section. Oh yeah, it, visually and and like visually, this looks more like crass records and all that. But then you listen to it, it's like oh, this is more hardcore than peace punk. It like it's not even close. Yeah, yeah. And and then you figure it out and go, wow, okay, yeah, like like yeah, this is this is just like a classic hardcore record, but. I think unless you were around in a pre late, which is a funny tie in unless you were around coming straight from the punk world and, or prior to the late eighties, like New York and late eighties, like youth crew rev clean cut era, the way this presents, it's not putting you off, but you might hesitate to go for it especially really young because you don't know better. You don't know. No, 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 no. That's a classic. Like that's, that's <laughs> yeah. the way you look at AF, look at that the same. Yeah. It's a co- cover, but I, I always think it's a fun thing. Like I think this is basically a connectivity, the connective tissue on the more hardcore side of things, as opposed to the more punk side of things is, you know, you look at a picture of crucifix, they've all got charged hair and or mohawks. You're right. like, wait a second. Is this going to be street punk? Is this going to be this? You know, and then you realize, nah, man, this is straight up hardcore, raging, like, like wildly underrated and like overlooked. Yep, and and, and at the same time, a classic in an entire world. Yes, and there's people who are hearing this going, yeah, you guys are just assholes who wore sure. collared shirts. You know, we're like, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's fine. That's, that's fair. Um, yeah, t- totally fair. But I-, I remember hearing it and being like, wait, this is crucifix. Oh, I thought this was like crass and like the the punk stuff that I heard when I was 15 that I was really like uh, trepidatious about and didn't find myself liking when I was looking at at the same time I'm hearing victim in pain and loving it. Yeah. And not and knowing this take. fits closer to what I heard. Yeah. That, you know. Crass sucks. I'm going to say it. And I, yeah, I, I never, I never vibe. No, Tom. No, even people that love Crest, nobody's running from that assessment. Like, <laughs> I love like the idea and the, and what they stand for, but like the music sucks, dude. Come on. It, it, I would say like, a, this blows it away. A one oh, out yeah. of thirty track hit. <laughs> like it is really rough. I don't want. I don't even want to. Like, look, I've pushed away from Crest so hard that I don't even feel like I'm in a fair place to say it sucks or it's good. I don't like it. Last time I checked, but the last time I checked was a long time ago, and it was for a reason. So, um, all right. So we, we kind of touched on this a bit, but PK, you've been quiet. Um, why don't? Well, first, do you, do you want to share what my text message was to you? Uh, you asked that I look for things that I like in records that I don't like, uh-huh. and things that I don't like in records that I do like. Yes. Uh, this is to avoid me going bold sucks correct, and, and leaving it at that. Because people uh, have heard that statement and we know that stance and we're good. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, I liked I like this bold record more on this listen than at any other listen in my life. Look at uh, that. I can say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- I thought that there was actual songs, which was good. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, so so that's <clears throat> we let's give the high level, and then we'll zoom in on both these records individually a little bit. What what's your other high level on this bold crucifix listening party for yourself? Uh, well, the the crucifix record is. It, it, uh, I mean, it's unbeatable because of its opener. It's a great opener. Full stop. Yeah. You're not fu- like there's good songs on this, and I enjoy. That's it. the track. <clears throat> but the first, the intro, yes. is an all time. <laughs> so, yeah. so you're gonna have to come pretty strong to beat an all time. Now, you know, it, does it become samey in short order? Yeah, it becomes pretty samey. But uh, I yep. thought that. Fast Every hard, song bro. had a part that ripped at least. Yep. I can't necessarily say that for bold, but I can say that bold had maybe more standout parts. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I personally like, I don't think it's a spoiler that I'm going to go with crucifix, but uh, on this listen, I at least saw the bold to the Bane tracks that I enjoy. Mm. Like the through line through line. Yeah. And that's interesting. Okay, that's what I noticed no, on, I on, on on this listen. So w- let's let's kind of start on our deeper look at Bold. There, um, Bold Speak Out for people who are not familiar. Released on Revelation Records. Uh, I believe the dudes from Bold were still in high school when this record came out, or at least some of them were. Uh, their first full length they had they had released the seven inch as the band Crippled Youth. Before this. Um, that has classics such as positive, positive, positive scene. Uh, this record steps it up a lot. Um, in my opinion, this, this also for people who are maybe on the younger side, perhaps one of the most polarizing bands of the straight edge, late eighties youth crew world. And also this is the polarizing record, right? Like, Bold Sucks exists because of this record and the cool logo, right? Like in good shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, to me, my personal experience, I first heard this when I was like f- 15. Um, I immediately was into it. As I got older, I was drawn to the 7-inch stuff pretty pretty soon. I actually got the Bold 7-inch pretty young. Uh, for context, Tom, you'll think this is kind of funny. I probably heard Bold. I owned Speak Out at least a full two years before I heard Judge. Like in that really heard Judge. Like maybe right. they were played on a mixtape or in someone's car. But like before I was like listening to Judge, I was listening to Bold. Um, just because of the way I acquired records, yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> that funny, funny, weird way. Um, <clears throat> things that this record is lacking musically, there's some shortcomings, but I always enjoyed it and thought if you like chunky, straightforward, hardcore, especially kind of in that mid tempo ish range. I don't understand what's not to like. There's kind of buzzy guitars. Not really any metal leads on this thing. No. But if you like the breakdown demos, I think that there's at least some things to find there. 
lyrically yeah, perfectly next to like side by side definitely uh, yeah i think it fits perfectly not GB. In the early, no other than gb who's much more musical if you look at the first 10 rev records and i'll even include the sick of it all seven inch if you listen to the sick of it all seven inch yes they're definitely more proficient <laughs> than the guys in bold but this fits in the mix yeah the the difference for me is the drumming on speak out i actually like it i think the production on the record sort of sucks but in the way that i find a little bit charming um they're writing songs they're writing transitions and i actually think musically this record's underrated that said i don't know if any disciples of bold totally get it right because if you do this record with clean production and clear tones, you're fucking up. It'll be boring. And that's, I think we caught a lot of that in the 90s. Right. And because, you see the watch showing. Yes. Yes. Then you and, see, like, oh, this isn't that well done. It, well, and they're very simple. The, the songs are very simple. Yeah. You know, they're simple structures, but, um, there's a bit of that flair for the dramatic that I, I appreciate in this music across this record. And there are parts all over it. There's some really good buildups. Um, there's actually breakdowns, you know? So, yeah. so that's one thing I'll say is that <clears throat> it's not like bold is a mosh band. Um, and I use the breakdown comparison mostly to say like production value or the quality of some of the, like the like chunkier parts of this. This is one of the more moshy youth crewish records. Yep. But like this, this record actually has mosh parts. Like the chain of strength seven inches just don't have mosh parts. You know, just no. This mosh. is K Town Mosh Crew. Yeah, um, they, I mean they're from the same area. Yeah, yeah, and they're from the same area as Breakdown and Killing Time and and it, well, they're yeah, and they're they're right up the road from youth uh, from youth of today because they're like yeah, um, K Town is uh, Katona, bro. Katona, Hudson Valley. Yes. That's right, uh, John Jay High School. So, um, Tom, where are you at? Talk about this record. Yeah, I mean, I think this is like one of my early earlier records um, in in my um, hardcore experience. Uh, I I was, you know, it's still good. Yeah, I still, I mean, I think like when I think of youth crew, I actually think of this more than anything. Yeah, visually, like aesthetics and just like mm-hmm. the sound. Like this is what I think. I don't think of GB. I don't think of youth today. Even yeah, I think of this. You know what I mean? Because I feel you think like that's because like, the tempo. Like this is a little more mid tempo than those. Right? Like GB's more melodic. I, guess, yeah. I also think it's yeah. in the pocket. I th- you might say that the the disciples didn't get it right necessarily a, a lot of the time, but I also think that trying to do GB is it's not feasible. Well, when bands try to do GB, they typically they, they end up pop punk in my view. Correct. You know? And when bands do Youth of Today. They end up bold, and when you try to do bold, you end up a clean version of bold, and it's sort of boring in mid-tempo. That sounds right. And right. whereas I mean, yeah. Youth of Today, we talked about this. Youth of Today, you want to do Youth of Today, you try to do Crucifix and Antidote and AF and land at Youth of Today. You know what I mean? You want to do bold, try to do a mix of Youth of Today and Demo Core NYHC. Yeah. With with truly rough recording and like rolling drums and big chunky guitar and like you got to keep it buzzy or you're not gonna it's not gonna be interesting like you can't do clean room bold unless you do what bold did which was all of a sudden add leads and go yeah. metal you know 
Yeah. Find Tom Capone, hire him, and let him just fucking shred over your your fast hardcore parts. No, but I think be, that yeah, you know, that would be a fun it, exercise. Actually, I'd like to hire Tom Capone to to just come in and riff over just whatever. Fucking TC three it up. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a fucking incredible guitar player. Um, no, I, I mean, I think you know, there's some songs that are skippable on this, but I think for the most part, this is a pretty. I would go almost as far as to say a pretty great hardcore record for its time. Yeah, I oh, man. All right, Patrick, go in. Uh, okay. Well, I don't, I don't have too much more to add except no. that this is template core in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not its fault. It just, it, as, as you pointed out, songs are simple enough that of course, if you're starting off in music, this is going to appeal to you because you can probably play it, you know? And, uh, I get the appeal of that. Uh, I, <sighs> I would say you're allowed to shit a little bit too, if you want. Don't. No, don't I mean, uh, I mean, I don't love this, <laughs> like, like fucking at what? all. What? Yeah. Uh, uh, but here's what I'll say: is that on this listen, I did not feel abused for my time, mm. <laughs> and I appreciated that. <laughs> There's a record that we're going to talk about that I think is easily the best that we'll discuss. Mm. That by the end, I thought that was a long fucking record, mm. and you didn't feel that on Speak Out. I didn't. I didn't really feel that way. No, so, I, I think this record goes down pretty easy if you strip away some of the things that came along with it. So let me put this out there: there, the weird polarity about Bold has always been something that confused me because I could totally see someone not liking this. I could see it not being fast enough. I could see someone really being out on the production. I could see someone who's coming from a more like um, like metal or like proficient hardcore perspective. Even somebody who's just like, yo, I love Gorilla Biscuits, but I can't fuck with Bold. It just doesn't sound good to me. All right, man. I'm not, I'm not going to argue yeah, it. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, no, no. Um, and especially as time goes by, like if you give someone like – Yo, here, here's the strife, uh, one truth. Here's Earth Crisis, destroy the machine. Here's Snapcase, program. You know, uh, here's Bold Speak Out. A strife, Snapcase, Earth Crisis. Those three bands don't sound the same. They're different versions of things. Bold sticks out like a red thumb between those, and the person might go, "Yo, is this like Tiddlywinks?" But I guarantee at least one member of all those bands would go back and go, no, that's a cool record. That was like a building block record for me. I like mm. that, you know? Um, but I also am not mad at the listener who'd be like, yeah, Speak Out's just not for me. I think there's moments on this. I think Always Try um, yeah. is awesome, like awesome. Um, I think uh, Accept the Change Within into Accept the Blame is really good. I think Wise this... Up. It's great. It's just great. So um, it moves pretty quick. I think that's a, a benefit to it. Question for both of you that I don't think I've ever asked. What do you guys think about the cover of Bold Speak Out? Difficult to separate because it's, it's clearly iconic. I don't know if that means it's good. Yeah, though. I wouldn't be able to. Yeah, I just know. Oh, sorry. Yep. I just know this too well that I can't think of it any other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you I think, it's do cool. you, think, I think you like, like a, it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's this. This is like a, a, the template for a lot of stuff that came after. 
Patrick, do you think you like it or no? Oh, you know what? Yeah, I kind of do. I mean, it's okay. Let me say this. I'm going to, I'm going to get really uh, academic on this. You ready? Yes. Color choices are good. Uh, it jumps right out. It is uh, certainly a bold record, right? It says bold, <laughs> very large in the center of the fucking frame. bold. The way bold looks. One, I like the bold logo. Two, uh, it's it's like the scene. Is it Tommy Boy when he's like Road, Road? <laughs> when I look at it for too long, I'm like, is the Molo. L too far from the D? Is this a different Wait, version where the bars are too far from the name? Like, I'm starting to see all the negative space and it gets me tripped out. You know, it is weird. It is. You can't look, don't look at it for too long. If you look at the well, label, then go, wait, is the label the same? There's too much space between, like, speak is all together and, and out is and laid out. Out is spaced, yeah. Well, um, yeah, it's kerned. It's, that's the kerning yeah, is different. But, to but fit it. Bob, it, it, it doesn't just look kerned, it, it actually looks larger. Yes, because because of the letters to fit there. I know, I know, I know. I, I, um, I love the cover. Um, looks great as a gatefold. I think even even in the youth crew stuff of the time, like even in the Rev catalog, this stood out. Um, doesn't look like the closest thing. I guess would be break down the walls. Sure, um, but the the like uh, the color wash tones. Uh, of the the images are pretty cool. It is you know like it's onomatopoeia, right? Bold. Yep, that it is. You know when you say that the images are pretty cool, it's not really. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing: Are you jealous of the drummer's body? Oh yeah. Okay, is that a cool picture? Drew, if you're that shredded. dude. Yeah. Uh, uh, listen, cool. If you for- if you <laughs> looked like that and looked that cool wearing wristbands. You'd be on the cover of every self-defense. There's no doubt. Like and that. and I should say this cool for everybody, but the singer, that's a lame photo, right? He's got the high water pants, which are back in fashion. So maybe yeah, he's with are. that, yep. but it was just Yo. style then. But, but what about those bad Adidas? For, well, forget all that. Everybody else is doing something dynamic and physical. And yeah. he looks like he's shoving a poop back in his uh, <laughs> butt with it, with his uh, heel. Maybe he is. Yeah, maybe he is. I mean, he's singing along. Maybe he had like a stuffed crust before the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we should ask. Um, yeah, accept right. the blame. I'll do the same. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's bold. Speak out, um, Patrick. On a scale of one to five choco tacos, how many choco tacos would you give bold? Speak out. Oh, I'd, I'd give it a two. That's like uh, that's like the biggest two I've ever heard. Tom, one to five choco tacos. I'm gonna go four. Yeah, me too. Interesting. I wish I knew the crucifix spoken word intro because it literally is that cool. Like when you listen it's to you the go, fucking course. Yeah. Crucifix and you know dehumanization. Wild? Yeah. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A little bit of a little fun fact here. Please. Um, are you aware of the band the, uh, A Perfect Circle? Yes. 
So it's, oh, you, it's oh, Maynard. You mean, the, you mean the band that has like nine live records? <laughs> Do they? Yes. Go to their, sure. go to their spot. I, one time I was like, I'm going to listen to the entire tool discovery. Also a perfect circle. And then a Oof. perfect circle has infinite live records. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> I mean, they probably they're so. Like, I mean, Pearl Jam has the same. It, I think it's just like hey, you know what? It's it's recorded already. We'll just throw them up there. Yeah, exactly. But they did. Um, so I actually like the first Perfect Circle record. It's actually pretty great. Um, but they did uh, like I don't know if it was like it might have been a contractual thing or whatever the story was. But there's a record that they cover this. Oh, really? And you wouldn't actually recognize it if you didn't know the song. Like he doesn't yell. Like it's literally. The, the spoken word part over like some weird kind of like ambient music from dehumanization to arms production for the benefit of a nation or its destruction power is power. It's the law of the land. You know who did this? We, we played fuck. We played someplace in England where mm-hmm. Sean duty did it, did it before oh. like, as our intro. Like he, like, and it was fascinating why, cause there was a dude who used to, there was, there was an old head who used to play, like he did time and crass and whatever. Right. And he was the guy that got the biggest ki- fucking kick out of it, obviously. But sure. like, uh, cause I, I'll say this, I say this every time England and Germany are awesome. Also, uh, uh, what the fuck Denmark, because people you look up to come to your shows. It's fucking Kinda sick. It's fucking cool. Like, when a dude from Larm is at one of our shows, I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> like that dude is old. <laughs> like it's just like very it's very enriching in a way that you don't necessarily get in the United States. Like the homies will come out, like friends of friends will come out in the US, but like you don't often get like dude that you th- that you want to talk to about their tour of like fucking the the Balkan states. <laughs> so it's uh it's cool. Oh, I, I just got Sean Duty's answering machine, or I would have had him do it live on the air. Oh, um, he would have done it. He definitely would have done it. It's uh, your choice. Peace uh, or annihilation. Um, Crucifix Dehumanization, released in 83. This is a hardcore band, hardcore punk band, San Francisco area. Um, singer, uh, excuse me if I pronounce this wrong, Sothira Feng. Family fled uh, Cambodia. When the Khmer Rouge sees like power. Rouge, yeah. yeah. Insane. Oh, fuck. Fucking insane. Um, crazy influential hardcore record, crazy influential punk record, crazy influential D beat record. I will say this. This record has a lot of personality. Um, first track is the track. Uh, it's, it is hardcore thrown through. The song Indochina uh, influenced the, uh, I think Capo said straight up that he stole it for a YOT song. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, it's it's actually, it's probably the best other song on this record. So that, that, really that's good funny. Yep. <laughs> it's funny that that's uh, been lifted. Is it like, all right. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Uh, it says here. Yeah. Sepultura has covered uh, oh no, the Verukers have covered uh, Indochina. That's funny. Um, yeah, I uh, wasn't wasn't introduced to this young, but when I was introduced to it, I remember being like the immediate feeling was like, "Yo, this is like." There's a lot of victim and pain in this. Uh, so I was talking about the guitar sound on Speak Out, and I was like, "It's a little buzzy." 
this is that kind of like trademark sound when you think about like AF guitar. You think about some of the guitars on Age of Quarrel. I think the production on Age of Quarrel is a little better, but if you listen to the Chromax Age of Quarrel like demos, yep. I see so many parallels there. Um, what is what makes this? If we took the name of this band off, could you confuse this for New York hardcore? Uh, yeah, you could. Because there's yeah, not one of the better version, uh, better <laughs> New York hardcore records. If we're oh, being honest, no, no question. I was just thinking like there's a touch of that like punk side, but like so does a lot of the New York stuff. Um, there's no, there's none of the like remnants of golden voice or like la punk like or no. m- more melodic stuff or like the danger house stuff there's no weird like uh surf interludes um the only thing you get here is a little bit of anarcho punk influence but even at that it works and and i don't think they slow it down at any point this is just like a blazing record you know yeah it's cool Sugar i I think we know where I'm voting. I think it's a really good record. Anything else on this one? I mean, I don't. We, we spent a lot of time because of the personal resonance with with Bold, but like this is funny because. Oh, okay, here's here's the question. What record cover do you think is better, Dehumanization or Speak Out? Dehumanization. Yeah, Dehumanization. You can see that across a record, like across a store, and be like, "Yep, that's it." Makes a good I, patch. I feel the same about Bold. In terms of seeing it across the room, like if you see that bold record, you know what it is. Um, True, yeah. But this is just but so no. Stark. This is this is stark. And if you know any of, the, I think what gets it for me, what makes this like a an above average record is like the personal story and the connection to this. Like this is a, a gnarly record lyrically. This is a gnarly. This is like you know, Annihilation's the first song. Like. How, when, where? Skinned alive, prejudice, no limbs, another mouth to feed, search for the sun. Like, yeah. this is a dark record. Um, great cover. Okay. <sighs> Guys, let's cast our votes. As everyone knows, um, you follow us on Instagram, Axe to Grind Podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Axe to Grindcast. There's going to be a place for your vote. We'll leave it up. So you should listen to these records and place your vote. Tom, where are you voting? Just to not be a full pose dog, mm. I have to vote for Speak Out. Yeah. But if I had heard these records at the same time, it would be Crucifix. So I'm going for Speak Out just because I, I, I feel like otherwise I would just be like fronting. Yeah. Okay. Patrick. Uh, it's the Crucifix records. Record. <sighs> um, I did. I had the same same journey as you tom i don't feel like if i chose crucifix i'd be a full pose dog but clearly my heart lies with bold and i tried to put aside like my personal resonance you know put it aside keep it the theme i think the bold record has tracks and i don't think it gets credit for the tracks it has crucifix does too i'm gonna pick bold i don't feel great about it because crucifix is awesome as well like these are this was a really this one was tougher than i think a lot will be for me just because upon listening they're doing different things and i think that neither is given the widespread love it 
could deserve and both get kind of dismissed in a similar way for weird aesthetic reasons by opposite groups, right? There's a bunch so, of people yeah. who are never going to try bold and give it a chance. And it's like youth crew cover and then no. yeah, the, the, the <laughs> dudes and Nikes keep moving. right. And on the other end, there's a lot of people who are going to see the crucifix record and take way too long to give it a fair shot or never get it a fair shot. Um, this is a straight up American hardcore classic, so you can't go wrong either way. Look forward only to recently on streaming. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Not in in the last maybe year. Wow. Wow. That's cool. Well, I'm glad to see that. We've we've noted a few other ones. I know the seven seconds discogs all up there. Um, this stuff's important. It's cool to see it all out there. Shout out to the people who are making that stuff available to people um, to hear. And uh, yeah. All right. Yo, here, here's what I will ask. I have no idea. What do you think the audience will vote? the axe to grind fan base will vote on crucifix dehumanization versus bold. I, I don't know either. Actually, this one is a coin flip to me. Uh, we have a lot of people who like, uh, third generation bold in our listenership, but I don't sure. know. I don't know how many of them actually fuck with this record. <sighs> yeah, no, that's a good question. How do, what is, does Brian Mary Murray fuck with bold or no, just their, I'm going to find out right now. Okay. Let's find see, out. Let's see his feelings. Be careful because of that uh, hotel room uh, Wi-Fi. Tom, what is your feeling? What do you think? Where do you think the audience goes? I would have to guess bold just because they're more like like overall. I think they're just more in hardcore. They're probably a little bit more popular and known. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my guess. Like I don't don't know if it's appropriate, but I think that's that's kind of – I know. It's a weird one. I I mean – I cannot say enough about this crucifix record. As a dude that's like not a fucking peace punk, not like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. this, no like no, none of no this, butt like, flaps ever in your life. No, like I've always liked Chowering. Like I, I've never <laughs> like <laughs> I always like Chowering is a new new my favorite shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it twice a day, three times a day if they'll let me, yeah, you know. Man. Um But I think like I cannot you know, like like so this record is that fucking good. Like, I think it, this is beyond anything, like any genre that, like, yeah, like we said, like if you like fucking, if you like Age of Quarrel, you'll like this. If you like fucking Victim in Pain, you'll like this. Yeah. If you like fucking D beat stuff, you'll like. This. It's like, oh yeah, this is a record like if that you're, hits everything. If you're someone who I think we do have quite a bit of few listeners who really like some of the bigger, like. Like some of the stuff we talk, we talk about tragedy. We talk about his era's gone. We talk about from Ashes Rise. Uh, we talk about stuff like Coliseum, where we talk about trap them or trap know, them, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, if you like any of that stuff, this is this is like a, a must. There's a whole sect of people who who would easily say this is a top ten record period of the genre. And I think it's deserving of that. Um, and and I mean, we said it earlier when we were talking about this. This was a an important record at the time. Like I think this record really mattered to everybody who heard it. Like a, like oh shit, like maybe Crucifix they were gone doesn't eighty four. They, they don't get the they don't get in the typical hardcore circles the talk that they might deserve, which might put them right in that like. 
there's minor threat and there's negative approach and there's bad brains and there's agnostic front and there's seven seconds and there's crucifix. Like their name being mentioned with those at the level of this record isn't weird to me. No, it doesn't feel like, like after, yeah. No, so, man. It doesn't feel like a stretch. All right. All right. So, uh, I think we've waited for Brian Murray. Did he hit you back or is he, like, uh, involved in some stuff? He's currently working, but uh, that's never stopped him in the past. We'll see. We'll we'll wait for his his opinion as we get into our next matchup the negative effects LP versus the rights of spring LP. Um, Patrick, start us off here in terms of the high level. There's. Uh, on one side is a record I believe that's important to you, and on the other is a an artist who uh, I know you appreciate his career greatly. So, yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's funny, actually. You want a heavy thought that I had during Go. this? Uh, I, if anybody is in the sound of my voice and likes my music, but there's a slight disconnect because you just know enough about me through like the way that I talk on podcasts or whatever that you, you just say, yeah, he's not, he's kind of like not my kind of dude. That is perfectly okay with me (laughs) because, uh, rights of spring is upon this. Listen, I would say they make it in the top 10 of hardcore all time. Mm. Gee is not my kind of dude. Full stop. <laughs> Yo, wild question for you. What makes that? Why, why do you say that? I know nothing about Guy, by the way. He, nobody does. He doesn't offer very much of his life, which is totally totally cool, by the way. Amy goes to Washington Wizards games. I know. Yeah, Shout out true. to his Wizards fandom. That's weird. What he presents is a self-seriousness. Oh, okay. That, that I can't. They all do. I can't. Yeah, but I, I don't. does too. Uh, by the way, Brian Murray responds with the bold record. LOL. <laughs> wow. So I'm taking it as a no. <laughs> he put the LOL in cap quotation capitals. LOL. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, Gee has a level of self-seriousness that I think, but Fugazi did, right? Like I, uh-huh. that's, that's part of Fugazi's energy. Maybe I'm letting it poison my view of Guy, who really does not give very much of himself to the public. And again, that's totally understandable. We should all be so smart. But the he just comes off like a dude that, and I'm sure this is not, this part is not true. I can, I can say that, I'm sure, with confidence. He comes off humorless. Mm, okay. And I don't know why that is. I've always felt that way. And his eyebrows bother me. <laughs> and Maybe that's why he always seems self-serious because he's always like dour. Yeah. Like his yeah, eyebrows that could make be. him look dour. That could be. Uh, he might, you know, uh, you and him could be sucking down some vegan chili dogs uh, at the Wizards. So you eat ice cream. You know what I mean? Like chilling, you know, like having a nice talk. Talking so, about how much of uh, uh, waste Davis Bertans has been, you know, like what what happened. Oh, I'd love to talk to him. I'm, I'm, I'm sure an interesting fellow. Uh, I mean, his life is interesting, if nothing else. Uh, but that said, Choke, despite his like kind of like post-Trump, like like total Welcome. like CNN Dem 
Democrat fucking like uh, grandstanding on every fucking uh, Instagram is, is my type of dude. Like he is a guy who has like a little bit of uh, a little bit of mischief to him. Even as a grown man, this motherfucker can't stop provoking people. You know, I, I like choke. I like, as a man, I don't know. I mean, we might not get on it at all in, per, in person, but the a, a, as a person, what he presents to the world is fun and interesting to me. I relate to it on some level. Yeah, I don't relate to. That's interesting. Right. But these records, yeah, I mean, that writes a spring record is is unreal. <laughs> It's it's fucking great. So like, would the, you take the, that over any Slapshot record? Uh, that's tough. <laughs> I mean, you're saying top ten in hardcore. So you're saying there's a Slapshot record that's top ten in hardcore? Uh, you know what? Maybe, maybe it would be a it would be a late pick, but maybe. Um, right. Yo, real quick, real quick. Hold on, I, I've got I've got a guest here. Uh, go ahead, do the thing. From dehumanization to arms production, for the benefit of a nation or its destruction. Powers, powers, the law of the land. Those who live for death will die by their own hand. Life is no ordeal if you can come to terms. Reject the system which dictates the norm. From dehumanization to arms production, for the benefit of a nation or its destruction. It's your choice, peace or annihilation. <laughs> Yo, thank you so much Amazing. for doing that. How you doing, thank buddy? Thank you, Sean Duty. Oh, uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm working a lot. I, I got Patrick and Tom, but they're in my headphones. Um, we we should. I, I would like to come up and visit soon. I actually uh, been meaning to. Uh, maybe we'll wrangle Patrick in, and we can we can do uh, an in person of our our crust group chat. Oh, that sounds uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Actually, I was thinking of uh, something like that. Anyhow, <laughs> let's make that work. Wh- where are you at in DS Nine? Uh. Season two, episode seventeen. Uh, this is the one with uh, Dax as the initiate. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically like splatter a micro universe like a bug and take yeah. it back, and now it's going to blow the station up potentially. <laughs> and the subplot of eliminating Kardashian voles. Yo, I hate the Kardashians. Yeah, they're uh, they're the kind of awesome villains. They are yeah, great villains, much better than much better than Klingons. Uh, and I was so yeah. bored. Worf doesn't join the cast until what season four? I want to say four. Okay. All right. Hey, yo, let's uh, let's talk off air. I'm gonna get going. Good talking to you, buddy. All right. Sounds good. Later. Yeah. The yo. icon, man, myth, the legend. Sorry to drop in. He was when I called before. He was watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine and had to pause it so he could do that for us. So. Big shout appreciate, out. Appreciate that very much, Sean Duty. Um, yo, uh, so you were saying oh, you would maybe you would not take negative effects over any slap shot record? No, right to spring. Oh, any oh. slap sh- Oh, wait. Any, uh, okay, so hold on. Let's frame both questions. Over any slap shot record, yes, there are definitely slap shot records. Well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. All right. You would take it. No, I, I was flip that. Negative effects. There's slap shot records you'll take over negative effects. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Rights of Spring versus your favorite Slapshot record. Um, because uh, these these are apparently both making your top ten. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Okay. Oh wow, that's cool. So, uh, 
let's see. Step on it. Great record. <laughs> Very uh, great. Sudden death overtime. I fucking love. Uh, yeah, honestly. Okay. This is tough because rights of spring was around for a very short time. Yeah. Supplied. Not that much music. Slapshot has had career up and down, but has provided a lot of good music. Yeah. The quantity versus <sighs> sudden burst. Cause I didn't want to say quality cause Slapshot's produced some pretty good quality. That's for sure. Huh? So if, if we're saying overall, Maybe I go Slapshot. Maybe there's more Slapshot songs in in my playlist. You know what I mean? But almost every song on on the Rights of Spring record makes it onto any playlist that deserves a Rights of Spring song. Mm, Yeah, I I think so. Um, Tom, thousand thousand feet up, and then we'll start swinging down. What was your thoughts on this matchup? Um, I... Kind of crazy. They're they're not that far apart in in release time. Right? Really funny. Years. Right? Two years. Completely different. Two um, years. Uh, Two years. Both classics of their style. Mm-hmm. Um, right to spring has become like the the uh, like the go to for people being like, man, Hawthorne Heights is an emo. Right, it's a spring at the email. Yo, every That's like single, the go-to. Every no, single person says that. I want to question if they... in. <sighs> this isn't that mutant name a song instinct, but it's the, you're citing this band, but I'm unsure that you actually listen to them. Like, yeah, I can't tell you what Hawthorne Heights sounds like, but when someone starts talking about them and writes a spring in the same sentence, I want to be like, yeah, but like, do you listen to both? Because it seems weird. Yeah, like you're like, how can you have when we when we were young emo fest and not have rights of spring on there? <laughs> yeah, like that should be inherent in Where's the understanding. Yeah, yeah, like like that stuff should be inherent. Like, oh, what what rights of spring was doing was so different than this modern version of what people call emo. Like even saying, well, it's like the third generation of emo versus the first. It's like something really bad happened to the gene pool. Then I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, and someone peed in it or something. But, uh. <laughs> um, so, so you were saying, yeah, the fact that these two. By the way, the Negative Effects record was recorded in '82, the end of '82, right. but wasn't released till like '84. So that always kind of tripped me out too. And this was and Red Spring is what '86. '86 recorded in '85. Fuck. So, yeah. Uh, well, no, it's '85 actually. It says released in '85, huh? Um. Yo, uh, thing I didn't know. Was until... this Key's first band? No, he was in something before this, I believe. But it like wasn't anything really of important. like import that was on like Discord or anything. No, no, no. no. no this right. is the first one that really matters. Oh, and yo, you know what? This is the first. This is his first band. Wow, not a bad start. And this is Brendan McCanty who plays drums, right? Yeah. Jesus. And who else is in this, Pat? You're like the fucking Discord guy. No, I'm not. I listen uh, to. Eddie Mike Fellows, uh, you know you might know him as Mighty Flashlight um, from uh, Silver Jews and Endless Boogie, as well as Rites of Spring, and Eddie Janney, who was in some other stuff too. Untouchables, The Faith, Rites of Spring, One Last Wish, Happy Go Lucky, Skewbald, Grand Union, and Brief Weeds. Jesus, yeah, not, he not does too some bad, stuff. Man. He did okay. Yo, Patrick, do you remember the Untouchables material at all? In my head, I really like it. Uh, let's see. 
it, we we talked about flexure head not long ago on a patreon uh shout out to our patreon everybody check it out uh there's a ton of material coming soon is patrick's top 10 new york hardcore records <laughs> uh no i don't remember the untouchables material at all actually now that i'm looking um, at it yo these two records are really different and uh, i'm excited to kind of break it down and two records i really like and really struggled with really struggled with this one um why don't we start with negative effects negative uh, effects uh chokes first band started in 81 only lasted played five shows uh, wow yeah yeah uh the live song of might makes right at the end where he says we ain't gonna stop fuck you is a live recording from one of those shows um one of my favorite live quotes, the we ain't going to stop. Fuck you. Um, part of the Boston crew X claim records, but this record didn't come out on X claim came out on Tang. Um, a couple years later <sighs> fits right in, uh, with those bands, except if I'm being real, whereas with SSD and DYS, I see more tentative connections to like, the much faster stuff that was that is clearly influenced by Boston hardcore, the infests. Then you go into like the no comment and like more power violence scene. There's a straight line I can make from negative effects to that world. Um, in you know, a lot of their songs just it's not blast beats, but it's as cl- close as you can get. It's like it's caveman blast beats, you know. Yeah. Um, <sighs> The record is so good and there's highlights and I want to give credit to the fact that there were bands stealing their band name from this band, you know, five years. Citizens Rest 100% got their band name from Negative Effects, you know. Did you see the other band that got their name from Negative Effects? Which one? Pretty big one. No Effects. Oh yeah, I did not. That's right. I did. I, I yeah. knew that. I forgot about that. Damn right. A successful punk rock band No Effects. Name is references band Eric Melvin had listened to Negative Effects' one studio album, and then trying to come up with a name for his new band with Fat Mike, he he suggested the name No Dash FX. Fat Mike agreed on the name and dropped the hyphen. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, uh, let me just put it out here, everybody. Bands aren't clever. I, I, this is my message to everybody. It's huh. it, 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 nobody out here is a fucking genius. Uh, even the guys that you that you go to the discogs and you're like, oh, the drummer for this band uh, doesn't seem like he did anything. And then you click on him and you're like, oh, he actually is a fucking genius. He went and did X, Y, or Z. Even that guy's not a genius. <laughs> the, 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 there's no geniuses. There's no geniuses out here. No geniuses. Um, the next self defense shirt. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, let me read you something real quick for the track listing. Uh, Eighteen please. songs on this. Uh, track track the run times 159 33 seconds 23 seconds minute 28 32 50 seconds 24 seconds 36 seconds 8 seconds 30 seconds minute 5 minute 36 22 seconds 36 seconds 59 seconds 40 seconds 2 minutes 36 and 49 seconds most of the songs are under a minute long Bob, where would you put this in the Boston crew? Is this third? It's such a great. It's such a great. Um, in my head, yes, I go. That's just the DYS. This. 
I might go DYS Brotherhood, SSD, get it away, negative effects LP. Wow. That said, um, Choke briefly does a band after negative effects and before Slapshot called Last Rights, who seven inch only, um, you know, kind of like not much to say there. It's like, is it four songs? Is it five songs? It's so good. It almost feels criminal not to um, mention how good it is. It's like, and credit to Choke, who kind of did the ultimate like artist move, which is like when you're in a band, you have some good tracks. Just and the, the band doesn't last wrong. Okay. You, you can pour you can pour them over. Yeah, bring them along. You know, like oh, okay, like uh, you know, um, chunks. Oh, that's a good song. You know, like um, so. Anyways, last rights awesome as well. Um, negative effects. So this record is awesome. And to go to the like, oh, if you've never listened to this. If you like Slapshot, you should check it out. But if you've yeah. heard Slapshot, there's a good chance you've heard negative effects. But if you haven't, go back to it. I, I promise it's worthwhile. Yeah. If you like Regional Justice Center, if you like, I was just going to say, if you like Infest, yeah, Infest. You, think you I like care. Negative effects. Yes. Think I care. You like any of the faster side um, post Boston? You like it. You know what also really attracts me to this. And one of the things I was comparing the Boston sound, the early 80s Boston sound to the like early 80s Midwest sound, both had their own energy, but the Boston sound has its own vibe too. Like there's a little bit more personality in it, if I'm being honest, when I listen to those records. I mean, Choke had a personality in 1981. Yeah, exactly. Which right. is pretty wild. Like, and, yeah. And, and for better or worse, like, can you guys feel the machismo pumping off this record? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a this is a young man that doesn't like to wear a shirt. That's what this. That's the energy of this record. Which, by the way, good shape then, better yeah. shape now. It's a beast. Yeah. A fucking beast. Impressive. Impressive. Good work. Uh, can, can I read a, a text message real quick? Of course. This is uh, from friend of the podcast, Eric Wilson. Text one. Finally saw Kevin Smith at Runyon Canyon. Text cool. two. T- Ten seconds later. Walking up the hill in a big stupid hockey jersey. Yeah, so, yeah. That, he, so that's Kevin Smith, lifestyle death style. Kevin, yeah, Kevin Smith has been doing the uh, Eric. Uh, th- this is for anybody that wants to assault Eric. Uh, Eric walks up Runyon Canyon every day. Walks up and down it twice. Good for the him. long the long way. Good. Which is like it's going to take you over an hour. Uh, and he uh, he never sees Kevin Smith, despite Kevin Smith taking a photo at Runyon every day saying, just building good habits. It, all it takes is doing something 25 days in a row and you can do it for the rest of your life. Never seen him. You finally saw him. We thought he was a fraud. Finally saw him. Well, he, does he see Toby Wan Kenobi up there? Took a photo of his back the other day. Yes. Um, <laughs> what, if I told, what if I told you, uh, I guess it was four months ago. I was in Red Bank, New Jersey, and I believe uh, uh, Kevin Smith was doing signing at his comic store um, in Red Bank, and there was a significant line down the block. He's a hometown boy. Good. You know? I was shocked. He's still like a thing. I was shocked. He has put out a good movie in fucking 20 years, but he's still a thing. It's been a minute. All right. Let's pivot back to negative effects. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, this is this is undeniably very, 
very good record. As the overshadowed. Yeah, you think yes. overshadowed by Slapshot? Yes. Yep. 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 It is. Just as good. Definitely overshadowed. Tom, I'm pretty sure I know that where Patrick's at and I know where I am. Would you take this over Slapshot? Um it's close, but I would probably take Slapshot. Okay. And t- Patrick, you're taking step on it and back on the map over negative effects pretty clearly. Uh yes, I am. Yeah, I think step on it for sure. Back on the map, despite the back of the map intro, the rest of it's not as is quite as good. But this is really good, and it's faster. Honestly, like if you listen to Slapshot, are like this is too mid tempo. This is a little too street punk. Negative Effects doesn't have a bone of that in it. It's just fast. That's yeah, correct. He hadn't grown it, into it, his voice it, yet either. That's true. Yeah. So so everybody, if you don't like Slapshot, there's still odds on that you like this. So that's worth considering. All right, let's let's uh, ride down ninety five to DC and talk. Rides of Spring. This is the best sounding record of this week, for sure. It's the cleverest record by the widest margin. Although I hold on real quick about that negative FX record. Mm, there mm. actually is more. Um, even in these short songs, there there is variation. Like. Turn Your Back is a very different song than some of these other tracks. Like, like there's, there's a, there is variation. We should give it a little bit of uh, respect for that. But this, uh, this Rise of Spring record sounds great. Clever throughout. Catchy as fuck. It is, I was shocked at how strong it starts. I've listened to this record probably 10,000 times in my life. Haven't listened to it in probably three years. I was blown away at how fucking strong this record is. It's a great record, not a good record. And I, I like one last wish better. You know what I mean? So that's what I've been listening to for the last, however many years that's been my go-to for people. Yeah, that One don't last know wish is really good. It's also a G band. It's, I think it's actually the members. It's, it's, it, I think four or five or three or no, it's, it's all four and they add someone on second guitar. That sounds right. That's right. So at any rate, I've been a one last wish guy because the sound gets more refined. They know what they're doing. This fucking record is fantastic. Yeah. It's just, if you, I assume that all of our listeners are doing the right thing and giving these songs a shot. This today's listening experience is like, what? Like an hour and a half. It's not going to kill you. Listen listen to everything. Yeah. Um, But, but this, this fucking record Listen to it twice. Tom, where are you at on this right to spring record? I mean, it's pretty fantastic. Lyrically, it's great. Great. Um, A step above anything at the time that I can think of. Oh, easily. Yeah. Um, I think the same thing with Geek. Like, he didn't kind of grow into his voice yet. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You're probably, yes. Yeah. Because there's a very clear style Mm -hmm. that he kind of figured out in Fugazi, I guess. Can I be? Um, can I be a weird stick in the mud? I like his sure. voice better here than in Fugazi, even though I one thousand percent, one thousand percent agree he found what he wanted to be doing in Fugazi. I like I like the strain and like reach that you hear on the Right Spring LP, and then even on the One Last Wish record too. Yeah, I mean it's more hardcore. You know, that's true. That's true. Uh, um, yeah, lyrically, I think it's great. Um, 
I mean, this is probably something that we'll probably talk about down the line, but like, I would still probably take Embrace over this, but it's not that far. No, mm, that's a tough one for me. I would take it over Embrace, and I, I, that Embrace record is meant as much to me as anything. But yeah. uh, I, I would take this. I just, again, like I, I'm going to shut up now. I was fucking blown away. This is like when people talk about, yeah, I didn't smoke weed for a year, and then I smoked weed. And I, yeah, you know, fell yeah. out of my own car. You know what I mean, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Patrick, upon re-listen, this is better than one last wish, right? I don't know if I'm ready to give it that. I don't it's know more, either. Uh, like, one but, last but wish again, is more cohesive, but I feel like there's such a weird. I th- so I think some of the inconsistencies on this record are like incredible, and like some of the raw nature. Yes. Plays into it well. Yes. 100% yes. You know, because I, I was, it took me a while to warm to this record, partially because of Guy's voice. And when I when I heard this young, by the way, I think the first thing I heard was the seven inch that came after this all through a life EP. And I will say 16 year old Bob wasn't really in a right to spring place, despite the fact that Embrace connected. Yeah. Well, you embrace know? embraces much younger. Yeah. Like I mean that it's just rudimentary. Yeah. And it's great in that way, but it's rudimentary. Yeah. And this has a weird refinement both in what they do and how they do it. Um they kind of they take a lot of the melodic underpinnings of early Discord, which I mean 81 to 83 84 and take it to its logical conclusion um this record never gets really fast but they play with tempo and they play with speed a lot but they also play with speed in a way in the way they riff and they kind of slow things down to control that um uh geese um uh, his his uh, his cadence is really unique, and I think I can't think of many punk or hardcore records that that sound like this since or before. Um, you could you could pull parts of the faith that sound a little bit. You can pull some minor threat or you know like the embrace counter right there. Um, I think praise actually. I want to give Andy Norton a big shout out. He has moments where he sounds like Gee on this record, which is mm. which is high praise by me. So shout out to praise. New record coming on Rev this year. Kind of psyched oh, yeah. for that. Um, yeah, it's a, it's it's a beautiful record. When I was younger, I'll give my complaints. Some of the f- songs felt long to me. I, I do mean, not. Some feel of that them now. are. Yeah, so I some, some of the, some of them really are. Four four minutes. What? Right, and we're comparing that to the Negative Effects LP that has one song that's like two and change, which but it's like not really, you know. And then everything else is like a minute blister, you know. Um, those songs play so well now, like the song "Drink Deep," wild good, wild good. Um, yeah, this song, this record, really, I think captures something in a similar way. I guess the the comparison between these two bands. I think both bands lasted uh, less than a year. You know what I mean? Like Rise of Spring uh, played 19 shows, 16 in the DC area, three outside of DC. How about that? (laughs) So this is when, listen, when I hear from 
you know, kind of like people our age, honestly, that they don't, you know, how, so a debate that happens a lot in hardcore is how long should bands stick around for? Right. And there's a lot of people that think that hardcore means that your band should only be around for a couple of years. I don't, I think that there's plenty of evidence to the contrary now, but there's a lot of people who think that you're supposed to put out a, a, a great demo, uh, a, a seven inch that builds on it, fucking flub the LP and then break up. That's, that's a formula. You know what I mean? That's like a thing that people <laughs> think that you're supposed to do in a hardcore band. And, uh, I will say that, I mean, these bands are good arguments for get in, get out. <sighs> interesting because right negative effects it's they have some demos which have been collected in different places and if you like the material definitely track those down um i think there was one reissue on parts unknown called war plants it was really really well done um and obviously discord's done the red spring uh demo and you know but it's the same song like this band nailed what do they got 20 songs not even um who is this not for? Is a good question. Like who who cannot fuck with this record? Rides of Spring. Yeah. Uh, okay. Fast hardcore. Fast hardcore might not. Here's my argument that it, that this is going to this. There's a reason that this record is important. There's a reason this record has survived, and it is because while the music is at times, I'm going to use a weird word here, whimsical. Yep. The lyrics. Biting. are desperate yes early 20 shit yes like desperate the the world is my fuse could be an infest lyric yes it, it this is a young man who is at odds with his the, the space that he is in and you can hear it in every moment so I'm going to say Tom's right. There's no fast hardcore on this at all. So the, there's no overlap. There's also no overlap with really tough guy shit. Yeah. No, no nobody who just yeah. wants breakdowns is coming to this. Yeah. That, it's not good. But for people that their favorite part of every record is the moment of truth, that there's, that there's some expression of self that is, that is you, you recognize it to be genuine. That is this record across fucking five songs have moments that you want to hit back on for the lyrics. Yeah. Just the moment of it. it. It's, it's an impressive feat. I will say records that don't sound like this record almost whatsoever, but that have a kindred spirit um, to me are things like quicksand slip where it feels like Walter has this moment where he's just writing and he has this concept and he's, you put it well with with Guy's lyrics. Guy's lyrics are really more on an introspective level, but they're both. It's it's this strain and desperation, and there's also an unbound nature. Like it doesn't feel like they're writing to form. No, so that's Quicksand's a great point of comparison because there's a great many people who don't listen to anything that sounds like Quicksand, but Quicksand makes sense to them. Yes. That that is the exact feeling that I think many listeners will get from Rites of Spring. And I look, there's gonna be a lot of our listeners that Rites of Spring is part of what they grew up in. 
the fact that we have to like be like, give Rites of Spring a try sounds insane to them. But to those people, I'm going to point out, as we always do, people come up in different eras. Yes. There's things that make there's things that are popular during one era that are dead for another. And I don't hear people talking about Rites of Spring. So again, Yo, from cool. all three of us. If you, if you haven't yeah. checked it out, it's important. All right. Two quick ones is the follow-ups here. Rise of Spring. Uh, let's play our Spotify game. How many monthly listeners? 30,000. Tom. I'm going to say like 80. 62,000. Okay. Let's get it up to 100K, guys. Come on. Yeah, please. Let's bump this. Um, <laughs> Patrick, last one on this. Uh, <clears throat> you're taking Rights of Spring over Embrace. Tom, you said you take Embrace over Rights of Spring. Probably, yeah. Tom, will you take Minor Threat out of Step over Rights of Spring? Easily. Patrick, will you take Minor Threat out of Step over Rights of Spring? I, I, I would take it over most anything in life. What about you, Bob? Out of Step? Is that yeah. what you're saying, Patrick? Yeah. 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 Um, I think I think I take out a step over it, but I think it's sure. an interest. I think they're two really interesting records to compare and think about because they're really doing different stuff, but um, just just kind of interesting. <clears throat> I find Guy's vocals when he's at his sharpest are biting. Uh, we've described. The vocals on Swizz, Hell Yes, I Cheated, in a similar kind of way, like just venomous. Yep. Patrick, Rides of Spring, self-titled, or Swizz, Hell Yes, I Cheated? Oh, I'm going to say Rides of Spring. Okay. All right. I'm not going to hold you to that because that record's going to come up later in the tournament. Guys, what are we doing here? Uh, Tom, start us off. Negative effects or Rides of Spring? Going Rides of Spring. Sorry, joke. Patrick? Yeah, same. It's, it's, it's uh, Rides of Spring. Yeah, I mean, it, it. this negative FX record is entirely deserves a place in almost any hardcore kids. Even if it's second tier, I don't listen to it all the time. It it deserves a place in your library. Man, and it's got so many riffs, too. Like, uh, I, there's an entire world of punk hardcore that has riff lifted off the negative effects 12-inch in yes. an unabashed, unapologetic way. Do it fucking more. The riffs are so good and chunky and memorable and done in only the way old Boston was able to like go. Yeah. You know what was cool? Big riffs from the seventies, but let's make them fucking punk. Um, it's rights of spring for me. Uh, but we don't decide you get to decide who moves forward. Negative effects or rights of spring. And in the other matchup, bold or crucifix, please vote, share your thoughts. We'll share them with everybody. We'll reconnect. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Hey, before you go, uh, we have a new segment we're going to be introducing, and we want your help with it. The new segment is the A2G Pit Report. We want you to record a voice memo review of a show you attended recently. Tell us all about the bands that played, the crowd, the venue. Make sure you include the city and country in your review. Um, Just record the voice memo on your phone and send it on over. Try to keep it to about two minutes if you can. I mean, we still need time to discuss sports and Pat's favorite tortilla chips. Um, you can send, we've set up a separate email just for these reports. You can send the email to a2gpitreport at gmail.com. So it's a numerical 2g pitreport at gmail.com. Um, this is our first one. 
from our friend Malun from from the UK. Shout out to UKHC, doing great things as of recent and in, in the past as well. Thanks. Hit report by Megan. I'm coming to you live from Leeds, UK. I'm going to give you a little overview of Turnstiles Glow On live in Europe, but actually just UK shows because Europe's kind of closed right now. This tour was supported by Chibi and the Gang. Okay, so out of the four shows that Turnstile and Chubby played, I attended three. Nottingham, London, and Leeds. I guess I'll give you a little overview of the venues. In Nottingham, there's this venue called Rock City. Pretty cool spot. Kind of a maze, though. The one in London, it was called Roundhouse. The venue is kind of like a coliseum. And then the one in Leeds, Refectory. That one was literally a fucking cafeteria, but it was fucking cool. Anyways, Chubby had pretty good set lists every night, but I do think that, and maybe I'm biased on this, but the Leeds one was definitely one of my favorites. They played the song Life's Lemons, and I've never really seen that before. I think they didn't even really play that live beforehand anyways. So this was one of the first times they performed it. If you don't know the song, it's fucking sick. It's like a ballad, so that was really great to see. Turnstile, oh man. I don't even know what to say about them. That hasn't already been said before. They're one of the biggest hardcore bands ever. They play every set really, really, really well. In Nottingham, the first night of the UK tour, they opened with no surprises, and I never had that many goosebumps. Looking back into the crowd every night and like looking down to the crowd as well, just everyone was jumping, everyone was singing along. I'm pretty sure the band brought with them professional light crew, so to see them, and I'm, you can look this up like on their page, the light crew makes the venue glow literally beautiful every song has its own little scheme and that just makes it that much more beautiful to see i have no no sense besides pride to watch an actual hardcore band play an actual hardcore performance to this many like three thousand people a night it's just beautiful yeah so that being said i'm gonna go and have a little chat to one of our friends here one sec charlie out of the four shows what was your favorite um probably the roundhouse because um it was just like the biggest one Mm -hmm. and also um it was one of those venues that like my dad knows about you know what i mean yeah like when i told my dad i was playing the roundhouse he was like Oh fucking hell! You're playing around. That was crazy. Like you're a proper band type shit. So, but all of them were good. And, and like I know that sounds like a fucking cop out, but I mean, they're like the best current live band, maybe best ever band. Like live. Turnstile, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell! Like they're the biggest ever hardcore band in my opinion. Yeah, they're pretty fucking sick, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, it's mental. Um, are you excited for the European bit of this tour that's yeah. going to come up soon? Yeah. Yeah. When I mean, is that? Do you remember the dates? No, nah, fuck no. <laughs> I'm fucking, so it's this nah. summer. Are you excited for that? Yeah, it should be good. Yeah. And yeah. I think, um, yeah, I don't know what the, what, like, the capacity of the venues are in Europe and stuff, but I'll, they're probably all the same, like, because what was going on here. But, I mean, it's crazy. Like, you see, like, 3,000 people going mental to a hardcore band. It's, like, not the, it's not the usual. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. Like festivals 
like not even that big. You know what I mean? Yeah, some festivals are even smaller. Mm. Cool. Thank you. No worries, man. That is all for me here in Leeds, UK. This was Melina Gariban, special pit report for Axe to Grind. Hey everybody, how's it going? This is Knox from Enforce giving you an updated pit report. Uh, let's see, I gotta get the right notes, my bad. Um, as far as all the shows have been going, they've been going really, really, really uh, far exceeded my expectations in terms of uh, how big the crowds are and everything. All the people at every show are just really excited to see uh, live music again. And, you know, everyone is really appreciating the bands and band members and pretty much the whole live music experience. Uh, and there's only been a, a low amount of punishers, uh, which tells me that everyone pretty much learned to be more respectful over the last few years. Um, at least I like to think that. Uh, we played a DIY spot on an off day in Birmingham, which has an awesome uh, younger scene with tons of bands and a lot of enthusiasm. Um, if you're in a band, you should really go to Birmingham. Uh, during our set, someone jumped up on stage with a broom and did a broom guitar solo for like two minutes while people were stage diving and crowd surfing, and it was fucking awesome and uh we loved it shout out to the band iron law uh check them out they are a truly fun band to watch um as far as the best shows go i think atlanta well i'm in mesa arizona now uh so maybe this one might might break the books but as far as it goes atlanta's been the best show uh there was a constant circle pit of like a couple hundred people (laughs) the vibe was perfect I mean, the people were incredible. We played the best we've played in a long time. And uh, I think every band felt the same way. Um, and they were all just as high uh, high energy, high octane. It was all a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, uh, just get in the pit and trying to love someone. Uh, loud, fast rules, enforced army, crush the fakes.